0: Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening, uh, well, this afternoon, in fact, are Adam White and Jeremy Smith. Tear down those Christmas decorations and the New Year bunting. It's time to take a look back at the 2018 section of this league uh, season and hand out our half-term awards. But who is proudly taking their scorecard back to their parents? who's pretending theirs was lost in the post. All of this and more after your latest headlines. In the final weekend before the winter break, everyone was in action and league leaders Paris Saint-Germain remain unbeaten as they beat 0-1-0. They have a 13-point gap with two games in hand at the halfway stage and look heavy favourites to maintain their grip on the league uh, crown despite unrest of their midfielder, Adrian Rabiot. Lille are in second, but no thanks to their 2-1 defeat to Toulouse. 2 Max Alain Gradel, penalties helped LeVier uh, finish the year on a high and away from the relegation places. A place that's currently occupied by both Monaco and Gangon, with the bottom side winning their clash at the Stade louis de 2-0. Marcus Turam and Nolan Rue did enough to seal the points that mean there is now a three-point gap between the two sides. And from the principality side, and safety, there is also that three-point gap. Dijon lost 3-0 at Saint-Étienne to remain in the relegation playoff spot that also saw Olivier Delog lose his job with Antoine Comboire, the current favourite, to take over, while Le Verre are in fifth position, just two points off the Champions League places. The final of which is currently occupied by Lyon, who were held to a one all draw against the team just below them in Montpellier. Their focus will now likely shift to their European tie against Barcelona and keeping hold of their young stars over the winter window. A team that will be likely to be doing business over this January is Marseille, who finished a poor 2018 half of the season with a one all draw with Angers. They sit six but with a few games in hand, while their opponents are faring better after an iffy start, but are still only three points above the relegation playoff zone. Rans finished the first half of the season in the top half after a 2-0 draw with Com. Bjorn Engel saved them a point after Casemiro Ninga and Enzo Crivelli had put the Normandy side in front, who currently sits perilously in 16th place. Rennes finished off 2018 with a thumping 4-0 win over Nîmes with five straight wins under new management. The Crocodile will be happy regardless with their first half season efforts, sitting comfortably in mid-table. Strasbourg finished with a flourish, too, as they now sit in seventh after a 2-0 win over Nice. Patrick Vieira's side finished 10th at the halfway stage, and attention now turns to the future of of out-of-sorts forward Mario Balotelli. And the final game on the Sunday saw an inconsistent Bordeaux draw with Amiel, who even in 17th still seemed to be punching above their weight class. And that's all for now. But to keep up to date with all the news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. And do check out our GFFN 100, which has been out since New Year's Day. 100 profiles on the best 100 players in league, and including a couple of players to watch and written by a few of the true greats that are on the show today. Uh, We start this week with a quick look back at that final weekend before we head into our awards and three particular teams as well that have had a bit of upheaval and I wanted to start Adam with PSG who their unbeaten record carries on um, into the new year which is great news for them they're still in the Champions League a draw against Manchester United which has mildly changed over the the winter months at least anyway since it was drawn but um the real attention turns to the the saga that will sort of be carrying over January January, and that's the one of Adrian Rabio, who looks like he's on his way out regardless but where he ends up will be interesting the psg are looking maybe to sell him for for a fee of around 10 million euros reportedly this winter just to try and get some money back before his contract expires in the summer Big clubs are talking to him, but supposedly he's also sort of asking for a hefty wage fee, a hefty sign-on fee, and hefty agent fee, which handily goes straight into the hands of his own mother. I'm sure Nasser <laughs> El-Halafi will be quite delighted not to be discussing anything further with her. But it's, it's a strange situation for a, a talented player that's maybe at some stage at this sort of point with their money, with the agent fees, is he maybe almost pricing himself out of a move?
1: yeah i really think i really think that it is it's, it's it's such a bizarre situation i think um this this situation with rabio kind of feeds into a wider issue with um with with what's going on in 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 paris over the last sort of couple of years so there's a sense of a sense of entitlement amongst some of their younger players in particular and some of the players that have sort of that have been signed uh, for such large fees over, over the course of the, the last few years and rabio kind of um, sort of personifies that a little bit, and it this sort of has always been a little bit sort of bubbling under the surface. But the issue in the summer with the, the World Cup uh squad, and he was very justly left out, in my opinion. He only played six games for France and hadn't been particularly good, really, in any and if with any consistency over those six games. And you know, uh, Stephen and Zonzi was playing well for Sevilla and, and they played in the same position. And uh, and given that Deschamps prioritizes you know, um, harmony over anything else, it seemed like a perfectly logical decision to choose and Zonzi, and obviously, there was some toy throwing as a result and and there was sort of uh, quotes from that statement he released saying that he was part of the French culture and the sense that he should be in the team because he's played for PSG he was sort of listing his achievements of as playing for PSG and playing in the Champions League which which didn't isn't necessarily down to him by any means and and this sort of feeds into his situation with his contract and that he thinks that He's not being supported sufficiently by the club even though they came out after that incident and supported him heavily and said he's always been part of their plans and he's always been part of their their culture being a young player that's come through the ranks at the club excuse me and and it just seems like he one has sort of doubled down on that sense of entitlement that i mentioned before and is i know that his agent is his mother veronique but i can't avoid the fact he's being badly advised it feels like the decisions that have been made by him or on his behalf or um, as a result, of the two feel very, very sort of artificial and very sort of forced, and and like that he's looking for the the the, the wage increase or the, the 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 exactly the situation that he wants a that he thinks he deserves, and it's sort of an inflated sense of importance. And although he's been very good at times in the last two seasons, I don't know that he's as good as he thinks he is. Um, so it just feels like that if he continues like this, then he's going to get a reputation as someone that is a bit of a mercenary, even though he isn't at least his profile suggests he isn't. He's a player that's come through youth Frank's and sees himself as a PSG fan and, and, and wants, to, and at least previously, has said he wants to be, he said he wants to be PSG Steven Gerrard, which, and this is something that Steven Gerrard definitely wouldn't do to Liverpool. So it, it feels like it, it's, it's a combination of factors that have, have fed into this bizarre kind of attitude that he has. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, I think he could be pricing himself out. Of move people, play teams are interested. But if they deal with him and his and his mother, and they they continue to act in in this sort of very sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say arrogant, but there's a sense of entitlement there. Then he's not only going to price himself out of moves, but he's going to convince teams not to sign him. So it's disappointing because he's such a good player and he, and he he's on the cusp of becoming a great player um for 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 psg but that's kind of in tatters now a little bit and it will be interesting to see what happens for the remainder of his career because this isn't hardly a high point and i don't know that he's proven himself to be the the player that he thinks he is in in recent times so an interesting situation but it seems likely that he'll leave now or in the summer
0: he's not really fighting from a position of strength I think is maybe the the thing that a lot of people have pointed out that that a a similar player in a similar scenario was was Max Meyer maybe at Schalke where Mm. he was maybe out of sorts but then sort of resurged in the second half of last season yes and then all the squabbles come out. He, there was his agent saying he should be playing for, for Barcelona and he ends up at, at Crystal Palace, really. <laughs> which is it, it, They do play in the same colours, but it's not quite the same atmosphere. No but apologies to uh, to the Palace fans there, at least anyway. But in terms of of other things, really, Jez, the, the knock-on effect of this is, like I say, he's not playing at a position of strength. He's not really played uh, consistently well for, you could argue, for 12 months, really, which is why he missed out on the French squad. But at the same time, do, do Barcelona want to deal with this hassle, really? If, if he's going to be like that, if he's left out the squad for a, for a couple of weeks in, a, in in what some could argue is a stronger team. And, and then adding to the factor of that is the, him burning bridges elsewhere with saying that a club like Tottenham are beneath him, really, in, in comments to that um, one of our friends, Jonathan Johnson on ESPN, had, had commented. He sort of digging his own grave here, if, if it, it's sort of Barcelona or bust at the moment, it feels like, and if they turn around and think that these wage demands are a bit too much, or he's maybe a bit too much of a hassle, it could uh, go uh, all do lally for him, can't it?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit torn on him. Um, I think I've, I've changed my view slightly recently. Um, I think the way he behaved with France in the summer was was petty and pathetic, and you know the only person really punished out of that was, was himself um and you know that there have been the incidents at various times with psg where he sort of made noises about wanting to leave and everything but actually for for the most part i've come around to the idea that you know apart from those little things for for the the greater part of a decade i think he's been a good servant to psg i think he has actually been not so much in the last six months or so, but even, I think, in the first half of last season, one of their more consistent players. I think he's one of the very few that that consistently turned up for, for Champions League matches when a lot of of um, his teammates um, went missing. And to an extent, he's not... He's Strictly speaking, I guess, he's not doing anything wrong. He's not in breach of contract. Arguably, PSG, the way they're acting, are um he's just saying you know when my contract runs out i do want to go elsewhere the the dangerous bit as you said is the sort of whether he's overvaluing himself whether his perceived attitude is putting other teams off but you know it's it's whenever whenever i tweet anything about him the number of liverpool fans spurs fans um you know immediately saying sign him up sign him up and you know that no smoke without fire there was there obviously is well i mean barcelona out a statement saying that they're interested in him so for the moment he is you know he he is popular he is in demand and and as adam said he is a very good player he just needs to sort of put the reins on that attitude and maybe i don't know put a gag on his mum or something and just make sure that he doesn't yeah over overvalue himself but you know i think saying to psg i want to be paid the same as mbappe is ridiculous but at the same time, saying that I want a pay rise, I, you know, I don't know the, ex- the figures or anything, but I don't think that's unreasonable necessarily. And if he feels that he's given them good service and he, can, he is capable of getting a, a better salary elsewhere, then part of me sort of thinks good on him. And I think maybe PSG are um, probably winning the, the sort of PR battle, but I'm not entirely sure that it's as simple as them being in the right and him being in the wrong. And remember, Gerard would have would have signed for Chelsea if he didn't get a big pay rise at one point.
0: So That is true. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's often forgotten, isn't it? Uh, with, the, with the red smoke around Gerard at least, anyway, that he would have gone if they needed it to, at least anyway, at that point, at least. Uh, let's move on to the opposite end of the table, really, and uh, an awful end to the season for, for Monaco, when it may, may get interesting in the window. There is Rumours pretty strong, really, that it's almost certain that Fabregas is going to be heading to um, help out his old teammate, Thierry Henry. This summer. He reportedly will play his last game against uh, Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup this weekend. But uh, focusing maybe more on the game to start off with um, in this one, Adam, he played um with the final weekend and lost 2-0 at home. If there was a rock bottom, is this it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh not quite uh but it's not far off is it it's it's ridiculous really this this result on the face of it is, is is well in well any in any regard really is absurd that well it's not absurd it's it's just it really does underline the fact that monaco have completely fallen off the edge of a cliff to lose a home at home To, I know they're not perhaps, you know, it's not the most intimidating place to go to Said Louis but even so, to lose at home to the team who have struggled along the bottom of the table, have I think only had one win before this, um, who who look far adrift. They look like a league de side. They sold all their better players, most of their better players in their summer, or they left. Jimmy Brion left and ended up at Bordeaux. Um, It's a terrible, terrible result. And it just feels like, how do they turn this around? At least at that point, it felt, how do they turn this around? And it turns out, that they do that by signing better players which obviously is a little bit obvious and something they should have done in the summer but it just feels like a bit of a they've almost acknowledged that their their transfer policy in the summer was was absurd and it was it jumped the shark in Monaco terms and they went for signing teenagers rather than players ready for their first team and 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 it all sort of as a bit of a perfect storm all compounded to into a bit of a mess uh for Thierry Henry to to handle um but yeah it just it just shows that the 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 decline at, at the club and the fact that you can't it's not that you perhaps it's not fair to say you, you, you can't just expect Henri to 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 deal with it all but it, it for me it always comes back to Jardim and the, the 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 manager that has proven over and over again that he can mold a group of disparate players together um no matter what their their sort of age or background or previous previous clubs or or skill sets and get a winning team out of them not not in one particular style or one particular way but find a way to get results he's the perfect manager for them right now and then they they for whatever reason parted ways so um it, yeah it feels like that that may have been as close to autumn as, as they'll get to, to answer your original question now that Fabregas is on his way and it looks like Naldo is is from Schalke was linked quite heavily and there have been one or two others of a similar stature much more experienced and much more um you know Better for a better, for a one of a better word. So they, it feels like they're much more, they'll be much more prepared for the second half of the season. But, um, and it feels like they will, they will eventually sort of rise. But yeah, this, that, that defeat to Gangon really underlined the lack of quality in their squad and the, the naivety of, of, of Henri to some extent, given he's, he's a very new coach and a very experienced coach. And he, he may, he may have some good ideas and he may turn out to be a great manager, but this was a this situation that perhaps even you know the club or he really didn't expect and one that neither were prepared to deal with so better players will probably you know very simply improve their league position but yeah rock bottom for now at least
0: yeah and that's the interesting thing really just as if we had this podcast maybe before Christmas. It, it, we might have said, "Would Thierry Henry be thinking about? Uh, maybe is his job under under scrutiny? Would it? Would they maybe look at changing him up for someone more experienced before they win it because of this kind of result?" But obviously, they're clearly backing him now with with a uh, Fabregas coming in and, and like uh, like Adam said, Naldo may be on his way. Although he's a 36-year-old defender, how much much of a, a difference <laughs> can he do? Um, but at the same time, these are the kind of players that maybe they need. They needed maybe someone with more creativity in midfield. They maybe need needed a defender as well. Are these the right kind of moves now to try and improve the quality of the squad and and get them out of trouble?
2: Yeah, I think they are. I think um, Naldo is, yeah, he's on the sort of wrong side of, well, 30, 35, not even 30. But um, I was quite surprised that I read today actually that he played every match last season for Schalke, even though he's he's sort of lost his place this year. So he's, you know, he's still a a top professional. who has got, very recent regular experience in the top flight and just kind of been there and and done it all so i think he'll be um hopefully a steadying influence in the in the back line where you know even glick has been has been disappointing but jemison's the one that's really completely lost form and you know maybe the fact that that nowadays brazilian you know might help Um, in some way there's Badia Shile who I think actually has been um, reasonably good and one of the few bright points of of Monaco's season so far Naldo will probably help him as well so they definitely need some some more stability at the back so that one makes sense to me and also a bit more leadership on and off the pitch so I think he'll help there and yeah for me one of the the big problems has been the midfield Um, you know the, the the strikers are misfiring a little bit, but I'm not sure they're getting as, as good a service as they could do. Um, you know, Ronnie Lopez has, has clearly been massively missed, but um, you know, there's still the players that they've got on paper are actually arguably the midfield is the the sort of you could say the the most stable or experienced area. And I mean, I suppose it depends if you're counting players like Chadley and Golovin as, as midfielders or attackers. But, you know, those two, Tielemans, Ait Benazer even, is still young, but he's got good experience in League 1 now. You'd expect him, you'd be expecting them to show more quality and consistency, and they're not doing that. Um, so Fabregas, I think, is probably a bigger risk than Naldo. Um, even though he's, he's a bit younger, he seems a little bit more kind of burnt out. But if he can get anywhere near to to his best and and you know we we all know the quality that he's got and that his eye for sort of um a defense splitting pass if he can find a little bit of that then yeah that could make a big difference and I think it will still be relatively bunched up at the bottom I don't think it will take a huge um change in form to to turn things around sort of points wise but yeah I'm not going to say rock bottom because they could still go to the bottom of the table and they're not quite there yet. But um, it's, yeah, it's definitely as close as they've been so far.
0: Absolutely. and In theory, I think Fabregas is maybe the ideal Jean Moutinho replacement, really. It's weird to think that he he had a decent season last season and they didn't think about a, a deep line player like that that could Make a difference, although Frank Burgess is maybe even more limited if you can say defensively than uh, Moutinho was. Uh, on to the final bit of, of the weekend that that came before the winter break, at least anyway, and, and it's sort of in managerial news more than anything. Adam and that's Dijon have parted ways with Olivia Deloglio after a a six and a half year relationship with great attacking football as well but they clearly fell off the rails in the second half well the second half of the first half of the season you might say after a good start and it's really been troublesome from there was this the right decision for them at this moment in time and and also with the names that have been linked, I know Kumbara is the front runner, but maybe his wage demands might just push off the the mustard side. Is, is this the right decision? And then someone like Kumbara the right man to bring in?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I guess there's a lot of ways you could you could you could take this. Um, firstly, Delolio has done an amazing job at Dijon, got them promoted. <clears throat> we had had them playing. Excuse me. Had them playing brilliant football at times last season, at home, attacking football at least. Very, very good at home. Pretty terrible away from home. Um, but he he's done a lot for for the club, and he's he's. You have to say he's done a great job. Yes, this season they have kind of fallen off off the rails. And then, it, then it sort of do you, you take it as that his message is not is no longer getting through to to the playing staff? Um, as he has he sort of outstayed his welcome, if you like? And, and he simply just even though he's a good coach and a good manager and he's proven that his his you know his, his effect has, has worn off if you like or do you simply say that Dijon are a, are a team that are going to bounce between league 1 and league 2 in terms of their stature over the last you know sort of 20 odd years or so um do do you just say that last season was them outperforming their expectations and and you know performing better than was expected and is this season in terms of the overall campaign so far is it a little bit more in line with what would be expected for a club of their stature to be around the relegation zone and just above it Um, so it's very difficult whether you you, you could fall down on either side of that of that fence and and it's clear that the 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 board have fallen down on on the on the, the former side if you like and and i think that's probably a perfectly reasonable thing to 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 assume that he simply just isn't getting getting food to the players and, and his message after six and a half years which is a long time in modern football uh, has worn off and they they have the quality not to get relegated they proven they proved last season that they are capable of playing great football and they have not been playing great football and they are close to getting relegated they're probably apart from monaco who are going to eventually rise above than you would imagine apart from G- Gangon, the, the 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 poorest team so far but like i said is that below expectations and i would say maybe just but but not quite so i think a change manager makes just about makes sense because you know even if it's the new manager bounce it'll probably be enough to keep them up and anton Kumbare, if he does come in is is extremely good at, at getting a, a, a sort of an average squad to perform at or above their own their own abilities as he did with gangon and he did to some extent at lawns for periods um, and and he's a very experienced coach in both in in, in French football as, as a whole. So I think that that would be a good appointment. I, as a, as an aside, I'd love it if Pascal de Pras got the job, but that's my own personal uh, <laughs> personal preferences. Um, Having back in Ligue would be fantastic. But I think if Kambari is the man, then that's that's a sensible decision for the club as a whole because they're good enough to stay up, uh, and they were sort of teaching on the edge of not staying up. So. I'd say fair play, but unfortunately for Delio. Hopefully, he'll get another league one job rather than dropping down to League Two, which he might have to do now. But um, he's proven to be a, a, a good league and coach over the last couple of years, and hopefully, he can stay in the division.
0: Absolutely, and it was. It's almost like uh, making Dijon pick between fire and water. There really just. <laughs> isn't it? But, uh, let's let's move on to the the uh, the awards now, and because it always takes us a while to get through this first one. At least we've got several awards for you this evening we've got half term awards uh, 11 um uh, the manager of the half season the disappointment so far the surprise so far the ones to watch in the second half of the season also an extra award this year which i like to call the winter wonder man thank you very much for the the punnage on that one um it's just for someone for for our premier league fans to be watching for their teams to maybe go after in this winter window and also obviously our league snapshots so our favorite moment of the first half of the season let's start with that 11 then and go with goalkeepers first um i'm going to get a name from all of you and a little bit of an explanation as to why you've picked them uh, and then we'll choose our ones we've also got our nominations from our friend rich allen as well which i will add into the mix as well but i'll start with yourself jez what's your goalkeeper for our half term eleven
2: Um, I'm struggling to pick between two, that's um, Edward Mendy of of France and uh, Benjamin Lecomte of of Montpellier. But just because I feel that for so many years he's still being undervalued and um, also sort of to give him, I know that kind of contradicting myself, but to give him a bit of extra credit for finally breaking into the France squad, um, I'm going to go with Lecomte, I think, you know, He's just carried on where he left off last year, marshalling what is a very good defence ahead from front of him. But Montpellier, are all about their their defence, and and I think he's a crucial part of it. And um, you know, what, in a way, what what makes the team tick, I think he sets the tone for the whole team. I think I think he's I think he's brilliant. Always have done.
0: Yeah, and he even shows his ability to grow a mustache in this season as well, which was <laughs> always a nice thing to see as well. Uh, Adam, what's your choice for goalkeeper?
1: Yeah, I had a very similar uh, call between Mendy and, and LeConte. I really like LeConte as well. He was great at Lorient uh, and has been fantastic for Montpellier. But I just fell, fell down on the side of, of Mendy this time. Um, uh, aside from those two it's a little bit difficult to like to pick a top five would be actually pretty hard because there's both like a uh, keepers have been performing the ones you'd expect to perform well have performed pretty poorly and have been a few other ones that have sort of come from left field but um, given how good defensively Rons are that's a lot to do with Eunice Abdelhamid and, and Bjorn Engels who have been absolutely monolithic in defense they've been very very good both their fullbacks especially uh, Conan have been fantastic too but Mendy's the thing that impresses me about him is his It's not like he's making brilliant saves every week. He's keeping clean sheets, but he is extremely good at commanding his area and extremely um, sort of forthright in his goalkeeping. And the amount of times he comes to a cross, and I think, oh, he's going to, it looks like he's going to drop this. He's sort of out towards the penalty spot but he, he manages to claim it almost every time is really quite impressive. Particularly, I think you probably argue every time. I don't I can't remember him dropping one of those, which a lot of goalkeepers really struggle with, um, where they, they come out and they're, they're buffeted by by centre-backs and by forwards, and you know they very easily drop the ball. I, I don't remember him doing that at all. He's extremely good at that. And given that Rons limit a lot of teams to having to either shoot from long distance or cross from deeper positions, given how compact and how narrow their back four are and how very good they are, uh, especially in the air, Engels and Al um that, that skill is is extremely useful and, and it's what sort of separates him from a lot of other keepers in the league. And um, we'll come on to it later, sort of moving Premier League teams, moving for, for players, but um, although it's not necessarily the case anymore, but that, that would be extremely useful in, in the Premier League too. So that's just a, a, a skill that is underrated in, in goalkeeping and, and Mendy has, has, has made a, a habit of, of doing really, really well. So for me, he's been the best keeper in the league so far this season and uh, yeah, he's my pick.
0: Absolutely, and I, just to give us Rich's picks on this one, his was Bendy. He also had to mention that Lecomte was a very close second. I, I do want to mention someone that maybe we've missed off the list that I thought was probably my second, but he might be third on other people's list, is, is Walter Benitez at Nice. I think he's been really good. Um, he's probably been their best player. He's kept a lot of clean sheets this season, which is helped by the defence, but he's obviously pulled off a number of, of good saves as well himself. He's established himself as the number one at the club under Vieira and uh, will certainly maybe get some mentions towards the end of the season if he does continue this kind of form. But our goalkeeper of the half season is also the one I chose as well, is Edouard Mendy. Um, I think he's been terrific for Rennes. I think Lecomte is pretty close as well. But uh, I don't think... I, I don't, it, it, picking between the two, I think I, I think the, the ultimate factor for it, and it might have been for Adam as well, is, is if they didn't have him, would it make a difference? Um, yeah, yeah, and I think the Mendy... Out of Reims makes more of a difference than, than the contact of Montpellier, and that's not a, mm. a slight to. He's excellent season as well, but Mendy's just been that superb, especially in that Marseille game. He literally earned them that point um, in that terrific display. Uh, on to our full So we'll need two names on this one, and I'll go back round the corner to Jez again. Who are your 2 fullbacks for the team? Um ugh
2: i'm gonna this is gonna be a theme but I've, I've again i've really struggled with this one um for right back i've only struggled between two names um i think both have been excellent that's um kenny lala of, of Strasbourg and selic of of lil um i'm gonna go with um lala but only because of he's i think he's had slightly stronger um attacking contribution but um, really would have no complaints with either, and left left back um, spot for choice. I think um, Adam mentioned Conan at, at Reims. I think Oyongo at, at Montpellier and Baloturé again at Lille has been really impressive. But um, I was going to say, but I'm going to go with Fairlong Mendy. But I've changed my mind. I'm going to go with Baloturé, who um, you know not another sort of revelation in that little little defense. And I think that their defense has been really underrated just because of the, um, the attack has been doing so well, but I think they've been really impressive at the back as well. So far this season,
0: Adam, who are your
1: choices? Yeah, I had a a similar list of names, but, um, I went Lala right back. Um, although he he does play left back occasionally too, but mostly right back. So I went with him over, over, over several others. I had Selleck involved as well. Um, But uh, at left back, I've gone with with Conan of um, of of Rons. I think he's a really underrated player because, um, perhaps unusually in in modern football, he's both very good defensively and very good going forward, and he manages to impact the game and in both halves, if you like, in both final thirds. Um, With Rons, extremely solid defensively. Um he's very very good at a fullback uh, against his winger one-on-one and, one, and 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 is good positionally but him and, and particularly in recent times Moussa Dumbia on that left-hand side have have done have done some fantastic work for Rons in 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 sort of breaking the the pressure and and being a good outlet on the left and um even providing a number of good crosses he gets gets forward very well and overlaps well um so I, I really like him as a player and he's he's coming and done really well from from Portuguese football he was with uh Vitorio last season and, um, yeah, I, I think he's an underrated uh, uh, league and player, and I think he deserves a bit of recognition, so I would, I would pick him as my, my
0: left-back. Yeah, credit to Conan on that. He's, uh, he, like you say, uh, Adam, he's been really terrific. Jez, uh, well, Richard's choices are uh, Kenny Lala, so he's Automatically, and he was in my list as well as I think he's had a terrific season, not just going forward but going back. He's he's really been a heartbeat of a Strasbourg side that have really improved in this the second half of the first half of the season to say the least. He's also gone for Ruben Aguiar as the other fullback at least anyway. He sort of plays both ways, although they may be looking to move on this maybe this winter or this summer. Um, really had an impressive sort of season. He sort of moved Mukiele back into the middle of last season and has been. Good and, a, and an excellent part of the, the Montpellier defence this season. But uh, obviously, Lala's there, and we've all got different choices for fullback because my choice was the one that Jez had, which is Ferlon Mendy. I, I think he's been really terrific, and in some games he's been absolutely superb, and now Barcelona are uh, having. Keeping tabs on him now, at least anyway. Whether that be the right decision to go will be will be left and remains to be seen, really. But um, I, I think he's been had a fabulous season, and that gives us a difficult decision. We all have different choices for the extra fullback, but. I think because Jez mentioned that Mendy was a, his original choice, that just gives him half a vote. And yeah. Ferran Mendy would be the choice for us. Unless anyone's going to go against my dictatorial rule here, um, because it does sound like I'm just picking the one I chose. Fellow Mendy just edges it against it. Uh, I think Conan would have been a very close second for me as well. He's had a terrific season in Raz excellent defensively. Let's go for the centre-backs as well because this is, I was saying to Adam before the show, this may be the most difficult mid-season team we've had to pick with the choices, but uh, let's go with centre-backs. Jez, who do you have?
2: Um, Yeah, again, I've I've found this difficult. I mean, I think there's lots of choices, but not too many really stand out for me. Um, uh, It's hard to look past Marquinhos. Um, Again, I felt that there should be a Montpellier representation in there, so I went for Mendes. Um, I just think he's he's a bit more mobile than than his his partners. Um, I do like Sumaro, uh, Lil and I have to say that considering I I didn't think much of the signing at the time, I think um, Jason Denai has had a really good half season. But if you're going to push me, I would go Marquinhos and Mendes. Adam. Yeah, this was a difficult one. I I
1: strongly consider Marquinhos as well, um, but I I feel like he hasn't been. I thought in the last couple of months he's been absolutely superb. But if we're talking about the hot the hot the season as a whole, there are one or two occasions where I felt like perhaps his concentration let him down. the 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 set the, the game against Napoli. I know this is the league eleven, but the the game against a home to Napoli had a bit of a it wasn't it wasn't great and perhaps to blame for one of the goals so i i lent towards Thiago silva as my first one because i although i've been very critical of him in the past he he looks like the player that we, everybody outside france thinks he still is <laughs> and now that now that took come in and he's really got him playing he looks like a leader he's defending sort of proactively and aggressively he's much more physical than he was previously and basically i he's 34 but i'd argue this is the best period of of form um since he joined psg because although in the league he's had he's been up and down a little bit perhaps but in champions league games particularly the the uh the red star game away from home the liverpool game at home and uh, a number of us being Leon when they beat Leon 5-0, that's obviously not a Champions League game, but when they beat Leon 5-0, he's absolutely superb in, the, in those games, in the big games, where previously he really has not been very good in big games. And for, for, for PSG, that's all that really matters. Um, the big Champions League games and the big games against other league inside. So for me, Silva uh, is in, and I went with Pablo as from Bordeaux as my second second choice. He's had such a bizarre career path um, coming through Brazilian second division football then joined the first division team, finished mid-table. Bordeaux signed him seemingly as a bit of a gamble, did not work out at all, was pretty poor before going back on loan to Corinthians, where he won the league and was voted the best centre-back in, in the league with with Corinthians, came back to Bordeaux perhaps at the right time um, with all the managerial upheaval, found himself in the team and, and took his chance. And um, this season he's been... He's been excellent this season. Really calm on the ball in possession. Read the game well. occasionally a little bit slow, and he gets outpaced. But I don't know there's too much he could do about that. He, he manages to cover that relatively well with, with his intelligent defending. And I've, I've been extremely impressed with him. And he's been he, before the manager of James at Manchester United. He was linked pretty pretty strongly with United. So um, I, I've loved watching him this year. And um, him and I like Joel Kunde as well, who also came sort of close to my list. Um, but Pablo, for me, he's been absolutely brilliant interesting
0: choices but it gets more interesting with Rich adds in Marquinhos and Jose Font who was a uh, interesting one coming in at, at Leal and helping that defence? He's had a, a good half season. Uh, and my choices um, add the confusion because I've also gone for Thiago Silva. I think he's. Uh, I think you explained it excellently, Adam, in saying that he's the image that everyone sees him um, when they play on one FIFA at least anyway. With, with mm-hmm. he's got at least anyway. Yeah, the, I think I absolutely agree with you on that one. He, he has had an excellent half season, which is a fact this time rather than one of those fabricated ones that be from his from his reputation. And mm-hmm. uh, my other choice was one that you've picked as well, Jesin Pedro Mendes. I think he's had an excellent half-season with Montpellier. We've had a terrific defence yet again, which leaves us a conundrum. There's a three-way tie between Thiago Silva, Marquinhos and Pedro Mendes. And, and in order to have a selection that all of us have chose, um, it will be both the Brazilian Paris Saint-Germain centre-backs that get the award so it'll be Thiago Silva and Marquinhos in there could you argue Marquinhos is maybe more of a midfielder at times I'm not I'm not gonna have that debate now so Thiago <laughs> Silva and Marquinhos <laughs> are our centre-backs of the half season congrats to them now is the interesting one in our midfield because looking at Rich's choices he's got completely different ones to mine and I'll start with his actually and that's Yannem Veer, Kusim Awar and Clement Grenier in his three-man midfield. Uh, Jez what's your choices? Um
2: I had a sort of similar but different to him. So I've gone with the Satetia midfielder, but I actually think Celnaes has been a little bit more impressive than Unvila so far this year. And you know, for a predominantly defensive midfielder to to come up with five assists as well, I think is really impressive. Um I was torn between, I mean, I guess I could have both, but Iowa and Ndumbele. But um, although I think Iowa in the last month or so has been more impressive. I think over the course of the season, um, and Dombele edges it. Um, and, oh, actually, I'll put them both in. O.R. and Dombele. Okay, and then Adam, what's your
1: choices? Yeah. Um, well, um, I, I've, as we were discussing for K1, this is going to be a difficult one because you've all kind of chosen different um, different things. I go. My first one is O.R. I think that's probably the most common one that probably pops up over the course of our our picks so uh he's been fantastic and really kicked on this season um uh but my other two i've got julian draxler who i think has gone really under the radar for psg and has been quietly outstanding in midfield Um, i
2: I agree with that
1: yeah i'm yeah i'm glad i'm not the only one because i feel (laughs) like sometimes i feel like i'm the only one sort of blowing his uh blowing his his praises but um it's it's yeah it's it's been he's been fantastic in in midfield um dropping deeper as he did uh, under you know, emery into a three occasionally almost was into defensive in midfield alongside Verratti or even deeper there was one game in particular that stood out for me uh against leo who obviously are the second probably the second best team so far the second in the league second best team in the league this season after psg they came to the part pants and he him and Verratti, but particularly him absolutely dominated that game passing was outstanding brilliant brilliant first touch and control in midfield Um, just just the perfect midfield performance and he's when he's had the opportunity he doesn't always start but when, when he's given opportunities he's been quietly absolutely brilliant in that position and i've had a great time uh great time watching him and um, so he, he's in for me um he should start every game for me for psg but uh, we'll see if that happens in the second half of the season i doubt it will um given the options and other midfielders coming in likely as well um but my final choice is, is teji savernier who i think has been superb for, for neem as well um I think his season is kind of characterised a little bit by the incident with Mbappe in, in the game uh, where, where PSG won 4-2 at, uh, at Costieres And uh, he was sent off completely ridiculously for what was a run-of-the-mill yellow card and then got a five-game ban for absolutely no reason. Um, well, I imagine the reason was because Mbappe kicked up a fuss afterwards. <laughs> um, but that, that, that seems to be the only reason he was given a ludicrous ban for what was a trip um and it's it still as you can tell it still makes you really really angry just thinking about it but either side of that suspension he's been absolutely superb and he's absolutely run that that knee midfield whether they play with a three jordan Very's come in and done well alongside him uh Tio Fowles has done okay alongside him as well in a three and even if they play in a two it feels like they're playing with a three because savannah is um so confident on the ball his his vision is fantastic picks a really good pass is very sort of physical competitive in midfield um and just looks he's one of those players that looks better than everybody else his his technique and his touches is, is, is a step above the rest of his the rest of his colleagues and he's been my my um one of my favorite players to watch and and i covered him for the the gffn 100 which as you mentioned nathan is is, is on the twitter feed at the moment i came out at the beginning of the year i did his profile and I, it was really interesting to to research his background and he still lives in the same House in in Montpellier, which is where he started his career. Nimes, obviously, very close by, with his with his mother and his and his father and his wife and his brother, and um, is very much sort of a home home bird and uh, only went to Ales Avignon um, after leaving Montpellier because his mum agreed to go with him and, and and look after him. So he's he's a unusual type of character to be playing professional football at, at the highest at the highest level of European of the European leagues, uh, and uh, he's. he's 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 brilliant. He's and he might not have to. Uh, he might not be around in that Montpellier suburb for, for much longer. I imagine that there are other clubs looking at him. He's been brilliant. So Savernia, Hour, and
0: Draxler for me will his mother go with him that's always <laughs> a possible problem and like i say the the trend continues with these center midfielders at least anyway because i've got a completely different list to everyone really it seems like uh, i've got benjamin andre in my list from renny I, I think he's been tremendous this season he, he's one of the better defensive midfielders but also creates a, a, and and starts attacks almost always it always has the hockey assist you might say for for and i think he's had a tremendous season uh Jonas martin is in there as well from Strasbourg? I think he's had a terrific season for them so far. He's a real leader now with that team. He's clearly got the qualities, scoring goals uh, whether it be from the penalty spot or elsewhere. He's he's commanding. He's driving that team forward and 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 giving them a lot of uh, inspiration. That's helped lead, lead them to that seventh place position. And uh, I've gone for a sneaky one, but I'm I'm also thinking if people are counting Hussam Alwar as a, as a centre midfielder, where he does play on the wing and, and 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 on all sorts of bits, surely Wabi Kasri can also be counted as a midfielder as well he's been tremendous really i know he might not get into the team but he's been absolutely terrific for santetti in this season he's been a great sign up and i did the profile for him for for the 100 as well and uh, he's really had a great season the, the uplift from where we saw him at sunderland maybe 18 months ago really the difference in the player is is quite dramatic it's whether the, the maybe the water's different in france and gives him superpowers it seems but he's been absolutely tremendous and possibly even Saint-Etienne's best player really and that gives me an incredibly difficult choice to really go through who we pick for our midfield really because we've all got different options I think who Aouar is obviously a clear choice that the three of you have all picked so he's clearly in our midfield congratulations to him but the the rest of it is left up to the rest of us I don't know if anyone wants to back anyone in particular but I, I will mention one that will will slide in because I'm going to change one of my choices because of uh, maybe a discussion we had before the show started and uh, Oli Selnes is going to go in um, Jez has mentioned how terrific you've been and me and Adam both said that he was pretty close to our lists as well mm-hmm. with a tremendous first half of the season so he's going to go in, anyone want to back a third person in really, we've got a lot of options available to us, anyone want to back someone to the Hilt at all I did, I had um, if it helps at
2: all, another half I, I did have um, Andre on my list as well there we go. That's
0: what I like to hear, Jess. <laughs> so we will stick Andre in then as well. Uh, it, it, so many good... But that just shows you not just uh, the sort of quality. It's, it, it's a mixture of someone not being quite outstanding, but at the same time, a lot of players having really great seasons. And, and Andre someone who's always been a little bit underrated. So let's stick him in. So our midfield will be Andre, Selnes and our Onto the three attackers. And this is an... Eng- it's again, there's maybe four or five names that people will have, but a mixture of the different ones really might be the one that sort of causes this one to, to change a little bit. But I'll start with yourself, Jez, on this final one. What are your three attackers? Uh,
2: I think I, I probably actually found this, this the easiest, and I'm sure I'm missing some some very good players out and deserving players out. But for me, just straight away, I just put down um, Pepe, Neymar and Mbappe. And <laughs> um, I think Neymar has sort of knuckled down and and looked a lot better this year Mbappe I actually thought was disappointing for a lot of last year's league season but I think he's you know really sort of gone up a level even from the World Cup um, with his scoring records and, and stepping up when it counts and Pepe, I'm still not as convinced as some others are, but again, it's difficult to to argue with with his records and, and what he's been doing so far for Lille. Hmm,
0: this is gonna get very interesting, really, knowing that Rich's choices are similar. So they've got Nicola Pepe in there, Kylian Mbappe's in there, but added into that list is Emiliano Sala of Nantes. Uh, Adam, what are your choices?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be tight because I had I had four players that I I struggled to pick between. I had Neymar and Mbappe too. Um Neymar looks a lot more <clears throat> mature this season. Um especially in Champions League games he's been been really good at lot the, in the last two or three Champions League games. Um and Mbappe, I think the interesting thing about him, I agree with, with Jez, that I was a little bit disappointed with his league and performances last year. He, he missed a number of chances. You know, he missed very simple chances. He really should be scoring. And I think that's sort of borne out. The improvement is borne out from, from that season to this in that he got 13 league goals in the whole of last season. And he's already got 13 this season so it really does show that he's improving he just looks broader and even more confident after the world cup he's so physical and um even quicker if that was if that was ever possible um but yeah he's been un- unreal this season at the times so they both have um so i had those two but i chose between Salah and pepe as my final um final forward and i i fell down on the side of emiliano Salah. i just think that he's been really good for the previous two seasons got 12 12 illegal 12 or 13 league goals in each of the last two years and he's another player that's already got 12 this season as well um and having been i thought fantastic in those previous two years often in an aunt team that didn't score many goals he he got very very few chances led the line brilliantly brilliant in the air um and still got well into well come to his double figures in both those years that was a great achievement but to to already be level with the likes of um, Mbappe this season, he's been he's been unreal this season, and um, no wonder that he's been sort of linked with sort of uh, eight-figure moves to the Premier League and 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 things like that. He's he's led the line brilliantly, even when he doesn't score, he adds a lot to the team in, as a focal point and and holding up play and bringing others in around him. It's still often really isolated in this non team under under Halidzic and was under Cardozo as well, and when they're playing poorly under. Cardozo he was still brilliant and still scoring goals even even though Cardozo didn't really fancy him he was coming off the bench and scoring and and yeah he's been brilliant this season so I although although I like Pepe a lot I think Salah edges it for me
0: even though he doesn't seem to want the move to Cardiff even if it is more than anything um this is where it gets interesting really because while we've had a little bit of a discussion of uh, about our choices we didn't tell anyone about our choices beforehand. I went with uh I went with uh, Nicola Pepe, Neymar and Emiliano Salas. So that gives every single one of them <laughs> three <laughs> votes each from the four of us. Um which is uh, good going from all of us, but it also shows how good their seasons are. I think I'll bend a little bit on this one. I think Kylian Mbappe should be in there as well as Neymar, so those two will be we, automatic. Um, Go ahead.
1: Just a thought Nathan, we could we could switch the formation to 4-2-3-1 and, and drop the midfielder Mid- and put Neymar as amid
0: let's we're calling an audible <laughs> i i think that's fair and that that'll finish off our team then so we'll, we will drop uh, unfortunate andre he's our twelfth uh, man shall we say unfortunately he he misses out as um, nicola pepe slots into the hole behind emiliano Sala, flanked by mbappe and neymar so let's go through our team very quickly then our team for the half term is eduard mendy in goal Kenny Lala and Furlon Mendy on the fullback positions. Marquinhos and Thiago Silva at centre back. Our two midfielders are One Selnesh and um, Hussein Awa And our attacking quadruple now is Nicola Pepe, Emiliano Salah, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. Um congratulations to all of them. Excellent first half of the season. They do need to keep it up though. But let's go on to our more individual awards now and starting with the manager of the half season. And let's start with yourself again on this one, Jess. Who's your manager for this half of the season?
2: Um so again here I was torn between two names. One one is Thier- Thierry Laurier who I think is continuing to do a, a, an excellent and an uh, underrated job at Strasbourg, but just for for how well he's done this year and doing it in a completely different manner to to what we expected from him. Um, from a difficult situation off the pitch as well, I think Christoph Gautier has, has, for me, edges it. I think he's been he's been fantastic so far this season.
1: Adam. Yeah, I had a very similar choice. And I also went with, with Gautier, Laurie. I think with Strasbourg's position, it's slightly inflated, perhaps by the at least the league position. Obviously their points total is is good as well. 26 points at this stage level with a number of teams is great, but there are postponements and when those when if those games have been played, they might have been sort of in the mid in the mid-table more than sort of seventh, which they are now. Although he's done a great job. I, I don't want to take anything away from from them given the lack of turnover in, in real quality players in their squad after last season where they very nearly got relegated to be in the top half is it, a great job. But the, it's that again, but more with Leo. the way that when Gautier took over, they looked like they were going down. They very nearly went down anyway. And then this season, all right, they've had a, they've had a, a few players have come in and, they've, you know, a stabilizing influence of the likes of Font. Uh, and and has been really good when we didn't expect him to be. Um, Jonathan Zek has come in back in from Dijon. They've had a few additions, but Jonathan Bamba too, obviously. But um, the, the, the two ends of the spectrum, it is so broad for Gautier to turn this club around is, is a real achievement. And I'd argue that they're favourites to get Champions League football. I think Lyon will probably finish second, but I, I'd back Lyon to be favourites to, to take third uh, in, in the table at the end of the year, which would be a, an unreal achievement for Gautier. So I, I, I'd, I'd go with him.
0: Yeah, and Rich agrees with you, Adam. He's gone with Christophe Galtier. <laughs> and I think we all had the same court of choice between Loray and, and Galtier. And I, I also chose Lorray, So we've got a split. Again, I'm sure these t- these names will come
2: And up I, went, right. I went Galtier as well.
0: Oh, right. Yes, you went. Sorry, you went. So I've been outvoted this time, at least anyway. So Loray, unfortunately, misses out on this one. And I, I was going to make the point if it was a tie that Galtier deserves it, really, to be fair. Um, I think it was more of a surprise that Lille are, are fighting for that Champions League place and had such a dramatic turn around under him and and not just that but he's been able to adapt his style more than anything to play more attacking football to be more open it does make a a bit of a difference really so Galtier is our manager of the half season sorry about that Jess I don't know what I, right. I, <laughs> clearly, clearly I was listening to the bit where he went um at I was like oh right they'll go with that one but um on to the disappointment then really of the half season and there's a couple of options. I think there's one pretty significant one that we're all keeping our eyes on, really. Jez, what's your disappointment in the half-season?
2: Um, okay. I My list here says Monaco slash Henri slash Tielemans slash, and then I've got Golovin in capital letters. <laughs> I, I just, um, maybe it's just been sort of bad luck, but every time I've seen him, he's been absolutely diabolical, and I think he just symbolises Monaco this year.
1: Adam? yeah i have to agree i went with monaco too but i, I had a, a honorable mention for dimitri payet who uh <laughs> started started the season brilliantly i thought first month or two he was great and since then he's just disappeared i'm there are games that go by i don't even i don't even see him and and i as 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 my as my uh, part of my responsibilities as a footballer I like to watch marseille every week which this this season hasn't been quite as fun as it was last season and dimitri payet has um has uh has been the key contributors to that, um, especially in the last couple of months. He's been really, really poor, and um, so um, Monaco are the winners for me. But I think Payette, uh equally diabolical displays uh, deserve a uh, deserve a mention too. But Monaco for me.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, um, Jez, like giggled at that one because he probably didn't dare quite say Pié just did his, uh, okay. his ones there. Um, I think it's pretty obvious what our disappointment is, uh, and we'll, we'll roll it all up into one ball. I mean, Rich has also said Yuri Tielemann's got to be in Monaco. Uh, at least Monaco, really, unfortunately. Um, they've not been at all at the level we expect. I suppose you could argue it's a number of factors, but um, they've been really disappointing after what you would expect. At least would have been another at least minimum Champions League campaign. Uh, on to the surprise. Then and we maybe talked about a few of the teams that might be involved in that, but you can name some players as well, should you wish. Um, Jez, what's your surprise?
2: Um, because I didn't mention him earlier in the team. I've gone for for Salah. Um, I'm I'm still not convinced that long term he's a he's a class act i still think it would be a bit of a risk if um if anyone was was to spend too much on him um i have always liked him and his work rate and his sort of clear enjoyment of, of playing football but i've never been 100 percent sure about his quality but this year so far as basically everything that adam said earlier i think he's been he's been fantastic and um not always in easy circumstances um he clearly sort of was was not wanted in the summer and you know it's helped that Halizic has come in, but he's he's just been I'll say a revelation. I mean it's a weird thing to use for a sort of 28 year old and we'll have to wait and see how, how how he develops the next two, three years. But he's been a really pleasant surprise this year. Mm. Adam and um,
1: yeah I I I I went with the uh, with the Montpellier strike partnership and sort of Montpellier's football in general. Um as my su- my surprise, um given how in teams generally work, he's very solid, very very stoic and managed to organize his teams really well. He's quite an imposing chap I met him briefly once and he was he was sort of very sort of steady sort of stared me down a little bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, he he's quite an imposing chap, and his team's playing in a very similar way. And you know, when he was at Nantes, they they finished b- bottom of the scoring charts, and then second bottom to Trois when they got relegated and were really poor that season. Didn't score any goals, and finished 14th both seasons. And even though he had runs in in league when you know they're expected to bounce the cup, only finished sixth. But they didn't concede many goals, but they they couldn't win games either. And a similar thing happened last season. Montpellier they were very steady, got points off the the bigger teams, struggled against the weaker teams. Were in the race for Europe, but, but trailed away, couldn't win enough games. And for that to 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 switch so sort of not dramatically, but for it to evolve so notably this season, with the pairing of two strikers who perhaps in the classic De and mold uh, are are sort of number nines and physical and good in the air and and will we'll battle. To pair two of them together and then to be so effective as a partnership has been a real surprise. And Montpellier, look, are an attractive team to watch in, in one regard, as in that they play not necessarily pretty football, but they play sort of uh, intense and, and interesting football. And you you want to watch them play because they're not the stoics sit-in counterattack team all the time anymore with Florian Molle in behind, you know, he's, he's, he's really good at Mets in in spells last season Um, perhaps should have been in the team much longer than he was uh, before Mets went down and and he's, he's proven as a really good sort of conductor for those two. And, and they're they're just a a fun team to kind of watch because they play in quite, quite an unusual way with two big number nines who, who get on the end of things. And, and, you know, they started to to, to be a much more effective team this season at both ends of the pitch. He's managed to finally combine that, that, the, the stoic defence and and some sort of threat in attack. So I would go for the, the, the unlikely bromance between Andy Delors and Gaten Laborde.
0: Rich has gone for a, a number of different ones. He's mentioned Delors at least anyway being settled. He's also mentioned Salah as well, but I think we'll nudge him off being he, that he's been on our um, team of the year at least anyway. That's enough for a for him. He's also mentioned the teams of Leo Montpellier and Strasbourg as well. We've obviously talked about those, the first and last one you know since you've mentioned that partnership and since uh, so is um uh, rich and i, I was going to mention um leo really is my surprise with there Success, but also you could mention Strasbourg in there. But we're going to give it to Montpellier. Um, with that strike force, with the the amount of goals they're scoring, as well as um, creating and still having a strong defence. I don't think anyone expects it. Also, with as we've mentioned earlier, Le doing so well, the defence in Pedro Mendes and the likes, and Aguilar doing really well as well. Montpellier are our surprise of the first half of the season, although there's a few more that can probably claim that. On to our one to watch, then. This will be a young player for the second half of the season, or just simply someone that we think might be someone that you should keep an eye on for 2019. Uh, Jez, who have you chosen in this one? Um,
2: again, I found this one a tough one. I think it's always a, a difficult one in Ligue 1 because there's just such a fantastic wealth of of quality players coming through but one player who I've been really impressed with so far and and considered mentioning him for right back as well has been um Yusuf Atal at Nice who I think has, has been you know one of their few bright exciting points this year I think he's he's looked solid enough in defense kind of exciting and and you know really willing to to push up and 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 support the attack as well and I'm looking forward to seeing how how he develops over the next year or two
1: Adam. Yeah, this was uh, this was an interesting one as well. I I, I had Salmer as as my sort of one to which Not necessarily young by today's he's twenty four, but he's had a really good season playing further forward, um, getting a lot of assists using his passing a little bit more. Under Gasse, he's 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 one to watch in the second half of the year. But I, I sort of picked out one of my sort of favourite players that goes under the radar a little bit in in league and that was Flavian Tate, who I who plays for Angers. He's sort of an attacking midfielder or a left winger. Um, sometimes plays a little bit deeper in central midfield too, and uh, he was signed a couple of seasons ago from Chateauroux. and uh, you could argue that he fits into the sort of surprise bracket as well. Um, and just out of sheer will, sort of forced his way into the team, took his chances, and it now is for me uh, Angers' best player. He sort of he runs the midfield, really good on the ball. Um, he's got an eye for a shot and a cross. Um, very plays with a lot of intensity. Um, and it's sort of a, a bit of a, a bit of a sort of left field uh, improvement, if you like, over the last couple of seasons. I really like as We've discussed before on the pod. I love Moulin, and uh, Tate's been brilliant, in particular this season, and, and particularly during the autumn months, September, October. He was he was fantastic uh, into November as well. So yeah, I, if if you're looking for an under the radar talent, he's twenty five, um, perhaps won't be at Ongers, but come this time next season. But great, 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 great little player, and he's my my pick.
0: Yeah, Rich has gone for us, minus, uh, Um, a name obviously we've already heard of, but um, he said he's looked almost unplayable towards the end of the year. Consistency levels have improved dramatically under the new coach and many, well, one of many that have responded well to Julian Stefan's leadership. And that's a great point. He maybe looks like he's reaching that potential elite level that we thought he may be able to reach so certainly one to watch I, i've got a few names i think uh, jez mentioned selic earlier in the uh, discussion for the team he's he's certainly one to watch at 21 uh, so is uh, nicola at uh, montpellier now he's getting a little bit more game time although it's been stop starting in different positions he's one to certainly see in their defense but um the man i'm going to go for is uh Rafael Leao. Um he's played the last couple of games for Leo, sometimes coming on, sometimes starting, but he's maybe starting to see himself as the striker instead. Of Loic Remy with those front three around him, maybe if as they go attacking, he can replace those if needs be as well. Um, he's just starting to settle into the team as well, and I, I think he could be a really good signing for them and a, and a really good player. Well, the many expected him to be very good, and when he signed, they were surprised. There was a lot of sort of arbitrations and bits like that with his contract, obviously being a, a Sporting and, and the like. And, and it's uh, good to see him settled, knowing where he is now and, and starting scoring goals as well. He's going to have an interesting second half of the season. That's for sure um those two well we don't have an award winner usually with this one so they they all get a, a nice mention there and it's the same for this one as well which is our winter wonder men um this is our new award at least anyway and people of premier league distribution will want to see what transfers do we see maybe happening what men should be coming into the league or out of league on to the premier league and i'll start with yourself Jess. what's a player that maybe a team should be looking out for during the january sales really to to bring to the premier league
2: uh i'm gonna mention three names that have all already been mentioned (laughs) um kenny lala who i really think has has been uh, for a few years now i think he's sort of been kind of bubbling just under the surface but the last two years i think he's found a lot more consistency um i think he's um very versatile can play anywhere across the back can play on the wing can can allow you to play a back four or a back five and he's made no secret that he'd he'd like to play in England sometimes so I think he would be um, a good a good player to for for any Premier League team to pick up and there's been quite a few who, who have been linked and quite a few fans who've been sort of asking for more information about him as well so um, I think he's starting to get on people's radars. I think Selnes would be would fit in really well into to English football as well. Um, sort of robust, classic kind of Scandinavian midfielder who, has, as as we said, has also added more creativity into his game this year. And then the other one, I don't think they'd be willing to sell yet. It's a bit of a risk, but certainly the fact that they've just brought in another fullback suggests that they're possibly looking to in the in the near future. Is um, Aguilar at Montpellier? He's an, another really talented um, attacking fullback who, again, I think would would sort of thrive in the Premier League. Adam, what is your choice?
1: Yeah, I really like those 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 picks too. I had had a number of them. I, I picked out just a couple more. And um, a little bit more left field. I had one un 1 one, um, but, uh, which I'll cover very briefly. Um, Valentin Vader at Bordeaux. I think he sort of, he was very, very good when he broke into the team. few sort of poor performances and dropped completely out of the reckoning. I think he'd be a really good addition to Nîmes. He's very good on the ball. Uh, uh, good delivery, some set pieces. Perhaps an upgrade on Tio Val's in midfield. So he might be my Ligue 1 uh, Winter Wonder Man for, for Nîmes fans. Um, but the more left field sort of Premier League addition, perhaps is uh, Jean Tobido of of Toulouse. Um, although this comes with a very sizable caveat in a similar way to Adrian Rabiot. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant when he broke through out of nowhere, wasn't really involved in pre-season, played a couple of games and then sort of, he played in a, in a friendly against against Nîmes at the end of July and was really good and then started the second league game at home to Bordeaux, which Toulouse won and was was fantastic in both that and the following game when they won one against, against Nîmes as well. Uh, and he... He's a tall, sort of rangy centre-back, sort of replacing Issa Diop, who's done really well at West Ham since moving on in the summer. Uh, only sort of 19, 20 years old. Very, very, very good on the ball. Very calm. Happy to play his way out of trouble. Solid defensively. And he played 10 league and games and was brilliant. And he's I, I, this season he's been to lose his best defender. But unfortunately, he's been sort of banished from the first team because he was on a youth contract. As the way I understand it anyway, he was on a youth contract. And Toulouse obviously wanted to sign him because he was so good, you know, as onto a pro deal. And he was already getting interest from from other clubs, and notably Napoli, who I think have said they want to sign him. And as a result, to make that transfer easier, he kind of was very obtuse about signing a, a pro deal with with Toulouse, um, which means he could leave for free in the summer. Um, and since then they've kind of banished him from the first team and he hasn't played since. And Toulouse's defense has gone back to being well, it wasn't to be honest, even with him in the team it wasn't exactly stoic or solid but it's it's sort of even gone further downhill i, I don't really trust france or am um, uh, kevin amyan um at, in the back, at the back or christopher julian at all but um he as a result he is available i would imagine for a half decent uh, bid in, in in january if napoli don't get there first so he's a really really good player just uh just 19 and um would would Eventually, I would imagine be be suited to to, to f- filling a similar role to AC Diop has at West Ham. So, uh, uh, Jean Tabido, assuming his attitude isn't too prohibitive,
0: mm, and there's there's plenty of choices. I mean, uh, Rich has gone for the one um, sort of heading into league, and he, he thinks that it's a bit of a bold one at least anyway. But PSG should Chelsea and put in a bid for Timo Ibakioko. Um Seems like he might be near his best back at Milan, and Paris Saint-Germain need a defensive midfielder and. What a nice fit it would be to help Marquinhos return to his centre back role. I, I've gone for a really interesting one, and 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 for at least for. Premier League clubs because a player at a club that he's maybe just about upstayed is welcome now given that his talent level is maybe above where he is at and that's uh, Frederic Gilbert um, at Caen. Um He's been terrific for the last couple of seasons but um, this season especially with his durability to play centre-back when they've needed to as well which I mean if you would ask me that a year ago I don't think he would have necessarily been capable. I did these, uh GFM 100 profile last year not this year at least anyway but um, he was on the rise then and he's only got really better. The fact that he's got Got more consistent, more tools to his belt than he did last season, and I thought he was maybe ready for a move then. It's maybe the right time for him to move now, and if you're a Premier League club looking for a, a solid defender that can play centre-back, play full-back, and you can maybe get under a, a comfortable budget really as well, because Con aren't going to ask um, the world for someone like that. They're not really got the means to try and do that, so if you are listing, um, maybe Frederick Gilbert maybe should be on your shopping list. Uh, let's finish with uh, well, my favourite new award, which is our Liga snapshot of the half-time. This is just Simply us choosing our favourite moments, or or teams, or, or or mentions, or even stories from from Liga over this first half of the season. And I'll start with yourself, Jess. What's your Liga snapshot of the half season? Um, I've struggled to
2: to think of a single incident, so I'm going to come up with a person who is going to be a really controversial choice. But to me, he's a, a very important part of Liga. Has been for for many years. Um, has sort of almost well not single-handedly but been very responsible for for one of the main clubs in liga and very a crucial part of the sort of soap opera side of of football that we all either love or or pretend to hate um and that's Jean-michel olas um <laughs> I know you know he's a he's a a great tweeter a great troller he knows how to wind psg and um marseille up better than most he he gives us he gets as you know as much as he gives and doesn't always take it well but then that's that's also part of the fun um some of his uh you know particularly his his comments about referees um you know when when they when it suits Lyon he's their biggest fan when when it doesn't he's their, their biggest critic um he's a little bit like a, a kind of Robbie Savage character that if he's on your side, you sort of like him. Um, although a lot of Leon fans also are, uh, are down on him at times. Um, and if you don't, and yeah, I think you love to hate him, but I don't think legal would be the same without him.
0: Mm. It's always an interesting choice. At least anyway, at least he always likes to speak his mind. It's always great to hear from, from all last, whether it is a bit controversial or, or not, uh, Adam, what's your choice?
1: Uh, mine mine uh, is a player that uh, the league has missed in the sort of year and a half that he's been away and has very recently sort of um, burst back onto the scene for about the 12th time, it feels like. But um, uh, Hatton Ben Arthur is my my pick um, for as a league and snapshot for the first half of the year because he didn't really fit. I wanted to mention him and he didn't really fit into any of the other categories, given that this snapshot is a relatively sort of narrow window, if you like. Um, but in December in particular... He's he's looks pretty much fully fit now and has been absolutely superb for Wren. For it's it's been akin to his form at Nice when he was so good uh, under Lucien Favre and, and Nice obviously challenged for top three places over those seasons and then when um uh sorry under Claude Puel and then Lucien Favre uh when um when they were doing really well and, and it particularly against Nantes in the cup. Uh he was the classic the uh, ben arthur performance where he just seems to just wriggle away from people and throw in tricks and and pretty much you know sort of well a large percentage of it seems to come off and he's just amazing to watch when he's in that sort of form and given now that he's up to close to full fitness and he clearly wants to prove a point into his 30s 30, 31 now he could be we could be talking about him as is in our team of the year of the season at the end of the year if he keeps this. Tremendous format with with, with uh, Ren in the last stage of the Europa League. So Hatton Ben Arpa is is my uh, my one for the league and snapshot of the first half of the season.
2: Yeah, the
0: hope is that the the sniff of money and glory doesn't lure him away again. Because when will he learn? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that very much leads on to Richards really, which is obviously the form of Ren under Julian Stefan. Um, five games, five wins, 12 goals, and uh, one conceded qualification to the knockout.
2: Uh, R- Rich has kept all these awards completely neutral. Right?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, strange you smile There's a <laughs> There was Clermont Grenier in the team as well. Yeah, It's it's almost like there's a bit of Homerism back for, for Rich, given that the <laughs> form that they've had under Stefan, really. It's an unprecedented start for a new rem manager. He's always put a proud father in Gaia there as well. Players stepping up their performances. Exciting 2019 ahead. Or are Ren going to do Ren things again for Rich? Let's hope that his optimism stays longer than February for once. There, uh, hopefully, then like I says, it's has been an excellent at least uh, second half of the season. But um, the story that he's enjoying at least anyway. My, my Liga snapshot is uh, about the two promoted sides actually, because I what I really love about Liga is that. Um, a lot of teams can play a lot of different ways and it's obviously explained most of the time as a defensive league and also the gulf between league league is, is massive. But the two sides of this season we're sitting in you know, mid-table have shown that it's not and they're playing in two completely different ways as well. Neem, uh, full gung-ho, attacking football, love to create, love to try and put teams on the break. They did excellently early on in the season It's Marseille. They've had a terrific end to this half of the season as well, despite the the big loss in the final game. They, they were terrific really in that the, Tioub, I know uh, Adam's a big fan and uh, Boengas had good moments as well. The fact they've brought in someone like Ferry, who's added a, a little bit of a verve to them as well. It's, it's great to see them start to push on and and play great football, but Rans on the other end, almost exact other end of the spectrum, really, a defensive solid team that are so hard to break time. Teams have found it's ridiculously difficult to get through them and that's a testament to their manager and the, and the team, the fact that they've um, been able to do that after losing most of their Attacking intent from 2 with them heading on to pastures new, but yet they've not lost a beat really, and the the fact that they can really hound out teams, and we've mentioned some of the defenders that have been, and their goalkeeper obviously being terrific this season, and the fact that they can keep eking out these one nil wins or one one draws out of here, there, and everywhere um, is a real testament to their squad and and their ability to fight, and showing you that in Liga you can play any way you want if you can execute it as well as those two teams have done you can succeed and that's always a great thing to see in any league uh, that's all that we have for this uh, this time around my thanks to Adam, Jez and all of you listening at home we do apologize about the sort of strange schedule we've been having recently we'll be kicking back into gear starting on the 10th of January that's next Thursday but until then Abiento and goodbye